is the show that pulls back the industry curtain. We're exploring pop culture, music icons, and food gods. It's the Jeremiah Show with Dr. D. Broadcasting from the HJL Hospitality and Evolved Studios in LA, Santa Barbara, AM 1290, KZSB, and FM 96.9, Santa Barbara, or somewhere from the road. He's opened and fixed more than 200 restaurants, bars, nightclubs, hotels, and neighborhood joints around the globe. He's an industry driver, an author, and a columnist. He's a restaurateur with legendary rock star Mick Fleetwood on Fleetwood's On Front Street in Lahaina, Maui. And he's your radio host. And now, back from a race around the sun, Jeremiah Higgins. Well, good morning, everybody. You're listening to The Arwen Lewis Show. Uh, today, I have a very special guest, Jacob Cole um, from the Central Coast of California. He's a guitarist and singer-songwriter, and he'll be performing this Sunday, July 9th, at the Hitching Post 2 in Buellton, California, uh, from 2 to 4 p.m., I've been able to book the Hitching Post 2 concert series this season, and Jacob is our finale act for the series, so we're really happy to have him play. And Jacob, how are you? Thanks for coming on the show. I'm doing good. Thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, so let's just dive right into this little conversation. Sure. And for, by the way, Jacob and I just met right now, so this is going to be fun. You're going oh, yeah. to us get to know each other. <laughs> That's right. Um, so where are you from? Uh, I'm from Connecticut originally, but I moved out to the central coast of Lompoc specifically when I was a kid. So I would say I'm a central coast uh, boy, more or less. All right. Yeah. And um, have you played music from a young age, or when did you start to play? Yeah, I grew up in a pretty musical family. Uh, we grew up in a really sort of unorthodox way, but a way that I've learned to really appreciate uh, where arts and imagination and creative learning uh, were all really encouraged. And uh, my father and my uncles, they all play music, so we always had music around the house. I'd fall asleep listening to my uncles and father uh, jamming in the living room. And me and my brother uh, and my sister, we all uh, we all play and have since we were pretty young. But I didn't want to do music for like uh, a career until... I was a little bit older. Okay. Um, yeah. Is that when you started writing songs too? Um, honestly, I've been writing songs or trying to write songs um, since I was probably like 10 or younger. The idea of telling a story was always really, really appealing to me, but I was never good at uh, like grammar or spelling or words or anything like that. Like creating imagery has always been like fun for me. I wanted to be a, a graphic design artist or like an illustrator. I was obsessed with comic books as a kid and, and sci-fi and anything very just like uh, colorful. Yeah. Um, but... I didn't feel like I had much of a, a voice, uh, both in terms of how to formulate a story or a narrative, but um, also I didn't really particularly care for the way I sounded when I was singing. So, so I, I gravitated toward the uh, guitar eventually and found that creating um, themes and melody um, was a lot easier for me than, than writing things out. And eventually, though, uh, that the, the writing came, but it, it took some time, I think, for, for it to feel more natural. 
I think that just comes with time. Um, yeah. the, the more you play, uh, the more you play other people's songs too. I feel like that kind of engraves a foundation for a style of songwriting. I don't know if you agree or not. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. learning as much as you can from from whether it's you know people you're around uh, jamming or yes artists that you you look up to and you grow up playing you know Bob Dylan songs or Johnny Cash songs or Loretta Lynn songs. Yeah, I mean, all of that stuff. It all mixes together to create like your sound. I think whether you're thinking about it or consciously or not. Um, I, to- I totally agree. Yeah. Um, like as far as your uh, training, did you learn theory or did you just kind of learn chords and how did you become or develop into a lead guitar player too? Right. Um, so I'm self-taught, but but uh, this is it's an interesting question because of how to answer it for me. It sounds more romantic saying, oh, I'm self-taught. I just learned by ear. It's a wonderful thing. I just was gifted this thing. But that's not really true. You know, like we're all affected by the people we're around all the time. And again, my family being very musical, my father's a good guitar player and a musician. Uh, He also taught for some time and he definitely showed me kind of like the ropes, like a 12-bar blues, my first few chords. And and then he gave me um, uh, some lessons on like how to listen for uh, like melody and, and training your ear and that sort of thing and I found from a young age I had pretty good I definitely don't have perfect pitch that actually sounds kind of like a curse to be honest but I do have good relative hearing and so learning how to uh, take what you're hearing and, and and bring it out of the of the instrument whether it's a piano or the guitar um, but yeah no formal lessons or anything and it was like theory because I teach music too. Theory is okay. one of those things where it makes sense now, but it did not. It did not make sense originally. And, and back to like the romance of playing music. I think when you're younger, you read a lot of interviews by like your favorite artists. Like I would read, I don't know, you know, some guitar player, and he'd be like, "Yeah, I just picked it up, and I don't know, I just worked hard at it, and eventually, just I was able to make." make sounds you know and yeah and that is there there is something really i think um wild west about that approach but i don't think that's completely honest either i mean everybody's different and i am absolutely generalizing here but i found through time like you learn to hear like the difference between a major third or a minor third pretty quick even if you don't know what it's called and these things we know we just don't know how to put a name to them totally so a lot of the theory stuff came later when i realized oh i kind of already know what this is i just had to I had to sort of take it apart and put it back together again in my own way. Um, so a long answer, but that's more or less how I think about theory, I suppose. I mean, you're speaking my language because that's yeah. basically how I was taught too. Right. Like my dad's a musician as well. And he, I started learning from him just by him writing chord charts out for songs. Yeah. And then I would learn songs on my own. But I think it's nice when you learn theory later because you develop your own sound and your own style mm-hmm. kind of first. And it's not so like cookie cutter, you know, yeah. it doesn't sound like, you know, like you're, I don't know. I just think you're able to develop like a unique sound if you kind of learn like just the basics first and then bring your theory in. And then you have more freedom later to create. Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, do you have any uh, like amazing influences that really inspire you or do you have a wide variety of people you like to listen <laughs> wide to? Variety. I'd say it's like every five years those influences change. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, it was certainly the blues and jazz. And like my parents had a really um, 
massive record collection, which unfortunately was lost in a, a fire a long time ago. But I grew up listening to a lot of like, um, uh, yeah, classic rock. Um, I love the Beatles. I was obsessed with the Beatles when I was a kid to the point where I had like, I would go to thrift stores and find whatever tapes I could. And I had this one tape that was like the Looney Tunes doing uh, Beatles songs, which awesome. is <laughs> rocks my world. Yeah. And then um, uh, Prince was a big influence too. Actually, my mom is huge into uh, The Cure and Prince and a lot of like uh, the 80s stuff, that influence and that style of uh, songwriting, like new wave and then post-rock and post-punk, that stuff came more from my mom. And then my father's definitely more like the, uh, what you think of, I, I hate saying this word, but um, people, I feel like in the millennial generation, mean it more affectionately than it's become, which is like boomer rock, Yeah. <laughs> which I love, or dad rock. Like I proudly say I play dad rock. I love jam, uh, jamming and, and yeah. getting down on the guitar. Um, but it took me a long time to, to feel comfortable with that because a lot of my peers, for a long time, guitar was uncool. And guitar has had a massive resurgence again to where yeah. arguably... Well, the guitar hero has changed. I think the the um, popularity of the instrument is, is a lot more uh, prominent than it's ever been. Um, and, and I see that anytime I, I travel or, or tour and we're playing to, to, you know, like I would say high school through college age, they go nuts over guitar stuff, like stuff that I took for granted, like think tricks I would do like I mean, ridiculous showboating stuff you learn from like your your favorite blues artists, like T-Bone Walker playing you know behind your back or with your teeth or the Hendrix routine. It was just fun when you're a kid and yeah. you, and you do that because you can get a rise out of people. But then you you stop doing it because you're like ah, you're just kind of again you're showboating. It's a, it, it's I don't know, it, which is fun from 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 you know if you're into the drama of it. But yeah, what I realized is kids had never really seen that. So you start doing some of that stuff and it, it really gets quite a reaction out of people. But in well, a way I'd imagine that, so, yeah. yeah. But but in a way that I never really I didn't get from like my peers. So right. like you you go a couple generations, you know, ahead and now it's like all of a sudden there's they're they're just enough removed from that era to where it feels new and fresh to them again. Like that band, um, I can't remember their name, but they sound like Led Zeppelin. Um, anyhow, I can't think of their name, so I guess I shouldn't dwell on it. But they sent, they've they had this uh, massive ascent to, uh, in popularity because kids did not grow up listening to Led Zeppelin like me and my brother did or we all did, you know. So. I think that whole, like, the sound from the 60s and 70s and 80s too, like it's totally coming back, like, you know, yeah. and, like the retro thing, whether or not people know it's you know like a resurgence of it or if it's a new sound mm -hmm. it's generally amazing anyways and yeah. i feel like it, that like if music is good i feel like it's timeless and it's always going to be good and people are always going to like it you know if it makes you feel a certain way yes um so i'll try to brainstorm and figure out who that <laughs> band is too yeah, yeah. but yeah. another thing i want to talk about too is you're going to play an acoustic song for us today but you do a lot of looping as well right i've seen I do. some videos of you okay yes. how'd you get into that um kind of by accident i'm really uh into bill frizzell and i was nice. going into um i had seen him play a couple of times and um noticed this this green dl4 pedal i didn't know what it was at the time and i was very i wasn't like anti-pedals but i definitely was from the minimalist just find something that works and make it work with whatever you got and yeah but uh it was bill frizzell's fault in a lot of ways where i started getting more into like gear and and that sort of thing and what that opens up sonically yeah so i got one because of bill that's basically it and nice. then um and then it was kind of like a you know uh 
it's been a rabbit hole ever since, really. But um, looping was a, a great practice tool, and then I realized the live application. Um, I miss playing with bands as often as I used to do, like in my 20s. And you get to your 30s, and if you're still doing music and, and, and lucky enough to still be doing it in some way, um, you have to figure out, I think, a lot a lot more options in terms of how you present your, your sound. And looping is one of those things that just felt... I don't know, it felt uh, like a practical thing. And then I learned how to, I taught my feet how to sort of tap dance and do like a kick snare thing. Nice. So I try to do that too. And it's just to fill the sound. It's just yeah. basically because I want to hear more when I'm playing live. So I'm, you have a kick and a snare, mm -hmm. like on like an actual kick and snare on stage, it's, it's not a, like a pedal Yeah, it's a, it's a Roland uh, sample pad, and then oh. you can upload different kick sounds to it, and okay. it's triggered by your foot, so in real time you are triggering it like a kick drum. Cool. But it's a lot easier to bring that. So I'll be bringing that to the, the hitching post this weekend. Awesome. Um, that, and then I just put like whatever like bells and tambourine stuff I have on my foot okay uh, just to get something to accent that kick sound but and I think it's just a different like you're painting a different picture you know like you have different sound waves and you're gonna I don't know I like to say I see colors when I watch or mm -hmm. when I watch music when I hear music yeah yeah a little synesthesia um, but it's different than like the acoustic thing is like a warmer more kind of like rootsy sound I feel mm -hmm. like and then like when you have the looping um, with the pedals and everything, you just kind of go into another realm. So I feel like that gives you more creativity as far as, it, as being an artist goes, right? Yes, yes, totally. I have to stretch, though, a little more than I used to because yeah. it does <laughs> it does physically uh, run its toll if you're doing, like, three-hour gigs, like, four days a week, and yeah. then you're not, like, taking care of it. I had to learn that the hard way this the beginning of this year, like, after touring a lot the past year and a half and then, like, doing a lot of those kinds of gigs, too. Yeah. And I wasn't – I was still – I was still gigging like I was when I was 25 and I'm 35. So it's like just keeping that in mind now and making sure I'm a little limber. Well, um, drink your water. Yeah, yeah. Hydrate. Take your vitamins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do yoga. Yeah, yeah. And diet, diet's a big thing too. Like totally. I, I'm not um, like actually sensitive to gluten, but it's a very inflammatory thing. So I stay away from it. I've noticed that's made a big difference for me too. Maybe it's placebo. I don't know, but it's helped at least in my head. No, I'm right yeah. there with you. And yeah. I mean, it's... It, I mean, when you're on tour, like that's like that's an athletic thing that you're going through for sure. You're you're an athlete, even if, I mean, you're you're using your mind and your creativity, which you have to do as an yeah. athlete too, which we can get into. I feel like that's a whole market that hasn't been tapped into yet, which is talking about health and um, musicians, basically, and performing artists in that kind of a way. I don't know. I need to think about that more, but yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure Lady Gaga has her own nutritionist yes. and you know physical <laughs> yes, therapist sure. on the road with her. Yes. And you will too one day, right? I mean, maybe. Sure. Um, if I'm lucky. Well, I, I believe so. <laughs> and if people want to, before we have you play a song here, I'm just going to let everybody know that uh, Jacob will be performing live at the Hitching Post 2 concert series if you're just turning in. And that's this Sunday, July 9th from 2 to 4 p.m. over at the Hitching Post Tasting Room in Buellton. I'm Arwen Lewis, and we've got Jacob Cole here who's going to play a live acoustic song for you on his little interview show today. So please enjoy. Howdy, folks. This is Jacob Cole on the Arwen Lewis show once again. I'm playing this song called Good To You, which is a, a newer track that I recorded um, this past year. It's going to be on this album called uh, Heartbreak City, which currently working on and hopefully will be released next year, but we'll see. So here we go. Good to you.
trying to do And I was trying to be good to you That's what I get for lending a hand A mess of words that don't make sense Or you can try to change, change my mind Jacob Cole performing his song Good To You uh, going to be coming up on hopefully a new LP that he's going to be releasing pretty soon here 
And you can find out more about Jacob on his website at jacobcolemusic.com. You can listen to what he's released so far on Spotify under Jacob Cole. Find him on Instagram at the Jacob Cole. And you're listening to the Arwen Lewis radio show. And we're going to take you out to break with Jacob's song, Late to the Game. Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on the Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. Hi, this is Ron Sexsmith on the Jeremiah Show, and I'd like you all to check out my latest record. It's called Hermitage, and um, you can find it wherever you find all the other albums you like. And uh, hopefully, you'll enjoy it too. All right. Take care. Howdy there. This is Jacob Cole. Uh, I'm the guitar player for Dante Elefante, and I have some music here uh, on Spotify. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok at the Jacob Cole. Uh, I'm a Lompoc, Santa Barbara based guitar player uh, working on a new album called Heartbreak City and uh, going to be going on tour in October for a couple of months. And uh, currently, uh, the newest music I have out is Easy Street, uh, which you can find on most streaming platforms. And uh, really appreciate any follows or listens and any interest. And this is the uh, Arwen Lewis Show. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody, it's Tim Stack from It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack telling you, asking you to watch the show Sprung on Freebie, Amazon's new free channel. I promise you it's funny. It's got heart, and my shoulder appears in episode three. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com.
morning everybody you're listening to the arwen lewis show and today my special guest is jacob cole we're here talking about his music uh he just played a beautiful song for us and uh you can see him perform live at the hitching post 2 this sunday july 9th from 2 p.m to 4 p.m at the hitching post tasting room in Bulton. you can find more out about jacob at the jacob cole on instagram under jacob cole on spotify or on his website at jacobcolemusic.com well, Jacob, thank you so much for playing that beautiful song. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me. Uh, and so you've got a 12-string acoustic. Uh, tell me about that guitar. What, what kind of guitar is it? I can't see the model. Yeah, it's a it's a 1975 Takamini uh, Martin Lawsuit guitar. That's what they were called. They only came out for maybe a year or two before Martin sued the hell out of them. Um, <laughs> that's essentially what happened. Um, and it's my father's guitar. He's had this since he was in college. Um, I don't own my own acoustic. I've been lucky in finding electric guitars that I love. Uh, yeah. But acoustic guitars, every time I, I find one, I, I just, I don't connect with it. Or I get excited because I'm kind of in, not kind of, I'm an impulsive person. And uh, I will buy one. Yeah. And then be like, ah, oh, damn, this isn't working for me. So um, I found sort of the things that I'm looking for in an acoustic guitar, which is age is the main one. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about the brand, but it's a certain neck profile that I'm looking for too. Mm-hmm. And I just love the way that 12 strings sound. Um, to be honest, what I'm looking for for myself though is, is a nylon string those are my favorite to just write on nice um, it just has something really I don't know it reminds me of Jimmy Buffett or something but I love that guitar I could see that because I just heard you really perform for the first time too and I could see how a nylon would be really nice with your voice because it's got that softer tone mm-hmm. um, do you want like the traditional classical or like like I have um, it's called the Cordoba it has like a mm-hmm. tradition or like an acoustic steel string neck but with uh, gut strings which is really nice that sounds really nice and so it's easier to p- strum on it, right? Like yeah. less with less, um, like less clumsy. Sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The next, yeah. If it has a steel string neck on it, I actually do like uh, a classical neck. Um, yeah. I, I, I like. I guess I like bigger necks. I think that's one of those things. It feels like I have a little bit more uh, of a foundation. Okay. Which, uh, when I was a kid, I used to think having a smaller neck or a thinner profile would allow for more speed or, or I don't know, ease. Uh, ease of use, I suppose. But I realize that for me, I kind of have big palms and it just, it feels more comfortable to grip a guitar that way. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Um, And so like, and for your recordings and stuff so um part some of it is electric some of it's acoustic mm-hmm. and i wanted to talk about your recording process too and who produces your music do you self-produce mm-hmm. uh yes uh let's see so the song easy street my newest track on on spotify is produced by scott hirsch of uh his golden messenger which is a, a bigger indie rock band i don't believe scott's playing with them anymore and we we played a gig a few years ago together um and we liked each other's music. He has a real like J.J. Kale thing going on, and that's something I really gravitate towards. So um, I was immediately like, oh yeah, I love how you record records, so let's just try a track. Um, and then I, I record with Bear Erickson, Gray Bear Erickson. Oh, I know Bear, yeah. yeah. And we've been friends for about eight, nine years, yes. and uh, he's he's recorded me in, ver- in a lot of different iterations, whether it's with uh, Dante, who I play with, or my old sort of like power trio, which was me, my brother, and my cousin, when we were doing more of like the the blues rock thing which 
that is fun. Yeah. I, I do. I do love doing that. That's another hat I like to wear, but I haven't worn it in a while. Um, and as, as far as the recording stuff goes, though, yeah, I, I have a pretty clear idea of how I want things to sound. So I do tend to, I guess, self-produce. But I mean, the idea of production or what it means to produce, I thought it used to just mean like you're the person putting the money forward or something. I didn't realize it was like the idea person or kind of like directing things or just massaging things a certain way. I think that's changed a little bit too. It you has. know, like, yeah, like it was first like, you know, like, okay, well, I paid for this, so I'm the producer, yeah. which fine. But it's like, who is really giving all of like the creativity to it? Sure. And that's produce that wouldn't be produced, you know, obviously without money, but also without the creative drive as yeah. well and so yeah. it sounds like you you know you work with like an engineer basically and they mm -hmm. get the sound good for you yes and like i worked with an engineer too recently and, and i sell or co-produced a vp and i mean my engineer gave me a lot of really great advice mm -hmm. that i wanted but it was still at the end of the day i mean i would have given him production credit but it yeah. was just it worked out to kind of you know like everybody got their role and so on sure but um anyway besides that uh do you do analog or um digital recording or both uh i've done both okay. i prefer analog yeah. tape but it's just more expensive and to be honest I used to be in that more like um, old school camp. I'm still very old school and minimalistic. That's kind of my approach to a lot of things. But I'm less ornery about whether you need to record to tape to have that pure like analog sound. Like the, the reality is like Universal Audio, all of these companies, they have so many plugins that, I mean, they do the thing and, and they do it so well. Like if you're listening also through a streaming service, it's degrading the quality of sound anyways, right. automatically. You're getting a, 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 a less finished product, if you will. And and we've already trained our ears to hear that and, and base, things, uh, base other things against that sound. So, yeah, in a perfect world, analog all the way. Yeah. But um, I just don't know if it matters as much. And, and I don't even mean that in a cynical way. I think there's a place for it. I think there's a, again, I've used this word a couple of times, but there's a romance to it. Yeah. And if, if that's your sound, that's fantastic. But I'm, I'm happy to record with Logic or Pro Tools and then get a plug-in that runs it through a, a tape machine or something. Or you can get that crinkle, you know, if that's what you're after. Totally. Um, and then, but even so, like, I totally agree with you. If if you're listening on the computer you're, or whatever through a streaming site that's coming out of your car speakers that are connected through a Bluetooth, you're yeah. not going to get the same experience as if you like take the record and put it on the record player hear that through the speakers from an analog recording yeah but you, now you can transfer digital to yeah. vinyl too so it's all yeah it's all one big it's we have mess. in a way operation paralysis now in terms of how you record how you how you uh market yourself brand yourself as an artist i mean this is true for i think a lot of different a lot of different mediums but in music as the consumer and as the player or the entertainer or the artist you, you there's so many options so it's like you you can choose to uh curate what kind of like do i want to be somebody that sounds like they're from 1972 in laurel canyon and have this sound and this look and this whole thing and people will go to that sort of an extreme for me it's more of just um uh what inspires you in the moment make your art and then move on from there to the next thing if you can Totally. And like, I mean, I think when you're just inspired, whatever has become part of your subconscious, if it yeah. is a 70s artist from Laurel Canyon, that's going to come out. Totally. But I think at the end of the day, it's like, I, I mean, I, I know we can we talked a little about your songwriting process, but it's like some people have to be really 
um, like emotionally moved mm. or some people can just like sit down and write a song because it's a task like do you kind of travel between both of those it's a little bit of both but yeah. ultimately it's more um, emotionally moved and I've gotten myself I think into some weird situations throughout my life because it is easier for me to write from a place of experience and and um, that's unfortunate. I'm, I'm always trying to be better at writing more economically. But, you know, like I, I will try and carve out time to work on like an idea I've had sitting around for a while. And then you'll start writing something else because of how you're feeling that day. Um, totally. Yeah. It, yeah. No, I totally agree with you. And then um, what I was going to say as well is like it's a little more authentic if it's coming from an emotional place. I mean, I always lie to my audience and I'm like. This sounds like a personal song, but it's definitely not about me, and it's always yeah. about me. Yeah. Well, it could <laughs> be. I don't want them to know, like, when I'm sitting there, like, it's sure. embarrassing. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, oh, I love, I love sharing those sort of embarrassing. I, that is one thing I, I, I've learned I can do is I like embarrassing myself in front of people. Oh well. <laughs> um, I like getting a laugh out of people. I think in another life I, I would have rather been a comedian, but I really do like. At the end of the day, I think all I'm trying to do is bring a little bit of joy to people. Life is very complicated and it's a little tough. And I think if you've been around the ringer long enough, you understand that we all just need a break and a little bit of joy. So that's all I'm trying to do. I always call music a church. Yeah. Or live music. You know, sure. Venues or churches. All right. Well, for now, we're going to take you out with Jacob's song, Unreasonable Times. And when you come back from the break, you'll hear his song, False Pretenses, and a little more conversation and another live performance by Jacob Cole. Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio. The Jeremiah Show airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. CoreRadio.rocks. Hello. My name is Anais Reno. I'm a jazz singer based in New York City. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. And sometime soon, I will be coming out with a new record with the great Peter Bernstein on guitar, David Wong on bass, and Joe Farnsworth on the drums. I'm very excited about it. But since that is not out yet, in the meantime, if you want, you can listen to my debut record called Love Something with the Emmett Cohen Trio, in which we celebrate the music of Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn. Thank you so much. Happy listening. With the Jeremiah Show.
Going wherever I can be Away from all my worry and my dreams Away from all this heartache and your need It's weighing on my mind I can't proceed I'm tired of saving face in this machine Don't wanna go along with your whole scheme Don't wanna play pretend in this whole scene what you say is not what you believe On what you say is not what you believe now Hello again everybody, this is Arwen Lewis and you're listening to the Arwen Lewis Show. Uh, you just heard Jacob Cole's song, False Pretenses, and Jacob Cole is my special musical guest this afternoon or this morning, wherever we are. And we're performing his, or we're promoting his show at the Hitching Post 2 in Buellton this Sunday, July 9th from 2 to 4 p.m. And uh, really quick, you can find out more about Jacob Cole at jacobcolemusic.com, on Instagram at the Jacob Cole, and under Jacob Cole on Spotify. And we're going to get Jacob set up here, and he's going to play another acoustic song on his uh, 12-string Takamimi guitar. <laughs> so stay tuned. Hey, this is Jacob Cole. This song is called Cold Blue. You can also find it on most streaming services online. Uh, you can find me again at the Jacob Cole on Instagram, TikTok, uh, most places that there is a shred of technology. Um, I wrote this song after I got divorced, so it's a very uh, personal track to me. Uh, so here it is, Cold Blue. Time to batten down those hatches. Time to lay down your hand. Time to brace for the wicked. Of man. I never knew how much it bothered you And now there's really nothing I can do All the old lights are fading Love is deeper when it's always cold, cold blue Who's driving Too fast, you're a hurricane Flying over this pavement I hate to see it When you crash your dreams Seems your smile's all been wasted I tried to tell you that you're up to no good Swallow all my medication Wash it down with a shot of Cold hard truth Cold hard truth Goodbye. I've never really known this reason. 
lights are fading Love is deeper when it's always cold, cold beautiful performance second one on the show today thank you jacob thank you arlen and that was your song cold blue yes has that been released yet yes yes that was off the first solo record that i did i put that out in 2017 i believe yeah what Uh, was that record called uh also called cold blue nice yeah um and so uh, this kind of sets us up for what i wanted to ask you next is oh where do you see your music going for this next record that you're working on and i can't remember did you say you started recording or are you yes okay you've started recording yeah yeah so uh, like over the pandemic a lot of people were like oh we're gonna record a record with all this time we have and and uh, myself and and the band i play with dante elefante well we did do that but the record that i started i just um i ended up going through another breakup and had to move locations again and uh so i kind of shelved that uh, and that is still shelved and i haven't really touched it much but in in between i've also written other songs and and i've been focusing on this newer batch of tunes that mean a little bit more uh to me currently so that record heartbreak city is what i'm working on with um my friend bear erickson nice and and that'll be hopefully hopefully we'll have it done by the fall because i leave for tour in october um so the goal is to get it done and then start shopping it around and hopefully next summer you know promote it and are you going on tour with dante elefante yes 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 i haven't toured under my own name since about 2018 okay i'll do like west coast runs but not like national stuff um so most of the 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 larger work that i've been doing is with uh dante elefante which has been a lot of fun um but i don't want to i don't want to tour under my own name and with my own band again until i have a new record to promote just just uh, i guess there are no rules anymore but to me that feels more appropriate to have a newer product to you know be touring i suppose that seems like a smart professional move and if you're going out on tour with dante elefante anyways you're gonna get exposure that way and then it just will make people more excited to hear what you're coming up with next yeah Um, that's the hope and yeah so in 2021 you got to play at Lollapalooza with dante elefante yeah yeah. how was that was that amazing Uh, yeah it was amazing it was a circus i mean like the touring (laughs) thing is um you do those gigs, big big festivals like that, and then you go and do like a random beer fest in Connecticut, and, yeah. and to and that and funny enough, those are the ones that kind of like pay the bills. Yeah. Whereas like the Lollapaloozas of the world are wonderful in terms of an experience, and I think for people who are after clout, we live in a clout chasing culture. Um, you know, they'll 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 be like, oh yeah, we sound checked across from like Limp Bizkit or whatever the band was that they sound checked across from and added to their resume. But I mean, I'm I'm trying to get more comfortable with. There are some bigger things that I've done, and I'm trying to be better about including that, I guess, in the whole overall narrative, rather than my my tendency is to shy away from everything that I've done because I just want to sing songs and play guitar. But I recognize that in this world, you have to you know promote and people love a story and. If you have a story to tell, that's part of it. But well, I feel like it's kind of 
I mean, I think it's really nice to be an independent artist. And, but part of that, yeah, is, is a little bit of self-promotion, which is yeah. just an art. And if you're just doing it objectively, it's just part of the business, you know? Sure. Um, but when you're an independent artist, you also get to choose how you self-promote yourself. You get to choose who you work with, mm-hmm. where you play. And, you know, every, your art isn't sacrificed. And so, I mean, I think that's kind of like a, something that might be easy to put up with for, you know, all the benefits of being an indie artist. Sure. Um, and as far as your sound goes for this next record, uh, sonically, is it going to be different than when you've done before? What kind of instruments are you playing? Uh, yeah, I wanted to include saxophone and piano. I've nice. had a lot of sax lines in my head, and I'm not a great piano player, but my friend Jess Bush is, and she plays in my live band, and, and she does... I don't know. She's, we, we really connect yeah. in a musical way, uh, both with harmonies, too. So I wanted to involve her on this record. And I have various friends that will be doing uh, some saxophone and trumpet work. Nice. I wanted more of a late 70s, early 80s thing cool. in the vein of like Warren Zevon, who I'm absolutely obsessed with right now, or uh, Bruce Springsteen, nice. um, which I was also late to that to that <laughs> to that game I guess so hey yeah. it's always cool to discover a new artist yeah and I know Jess Bush she played at the I think second or third Hitching Post yeah, concert yeah, yeah. she's she had nothing but good things to say about it she was she really enjoyed it yeah and she she's something else too yes. you know she's quite the piano player for yeah, sure she is, so. yes wonderful voice good songwriter too yeah I can see how you guys would really, really mesh well together musically yeah. that's awesome yeah Um, And before we go to break here, I guess we'll just wrap things up and I'll tell you a little bit more about Jacob if you're just tuning in. Uh, You're listening to Arwen Lewis on The Arwen Lewis Show. And my special guest today here is Jacob Cole. You can find him uh, on his website at jacobcolemusic.com, on Instagram and TikTok under the Jacob Cole. And also uh, you can hear his music on Spotify and other platforms under Jacob Cole. Yes. And we're promoting his concert this Sunday, July 9th, at the Hitching Post 2 in Buellton, California. He's playing from 2 to 4 p.m. And uh, we're going to take you out to the break with his song, Dark Cloud, bring you back in with his song, Chasing Ghosts, and stay around and listen for the rest of the show. Uh, We're going to have his uh, world premiere of his song, Easy Street. So you're going to hear the song in its entirety at the end of the show. And thanks for tuning in. And we'll hear you after the break. Or see you after. You'll hear me after the break. Excuse me.
check out Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support RadioIndiaAlliance.com. Hi, I'm Frank Ostini, chef winemaker of Pitching Post Wines and Pitching Post 2 Restaurant in Gilton, California. We grill over wood for 70 years, my family, and been making wine for 40 years. Pinot Noir, our specialty. Come visit us here and at Highway 246 in Bealton, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Hey, it's Tim Stack, and having been in show business for so long, I have a lot of really funny friends, and you can hear them all on It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. That's part of The Jeremiah Show. So listen... Everybody, this is Arwen Lewis, and you're listening to the Arwen Lewis Radio Show. And you just heard Jacob Cole's song "Chasing Ghosts," and I'm here today with Jacob Cole as my special musical guest. We're promoting his show at the Hitching Post too this Sunday, July 9th, from 2 to 4 p.m. And uh, we're going to be um, premiering on the Arwen Lewis show, his song Easy Street, so don't go anywhere. And Jacob, I thought we could just wrap up by talking about um, what you enjoy most about performing live and what do you hope your audience experiences when you perform and what do you experience when you perform for a crowd? Right, okay. So what I, what I hope is that people are that I'm able to create some kind of a connection but every gig is, as you know is so different that if you can connect with three people at a dive bar that's super noisy I feel like that's a win yeah. and then if it's a very intimate crowd like at Lost Cores or and at hopefully like the Hitching Point Post um, you know I think if people get something personal that affects them in a positive way from a song from a lyric from a melody uh, for me that's that's a that's a net positive um, for for me personally what I get out of performing is and this probably is something my therapist would tell me a lot about but um, I get a kind of a, a, a release like I sometimes live and die by on if for myself it's if it's a good show or not like it doesn't even matter to me like when people come up to you, it can be a little uncomfortable because you, your own personal inner critic is so strong, or at least mine is, that I'm living and dying by that inner critic versus what other people are saying. And um, I'm trying to get to a point where I can just have a, a, a release and just enjoy the moment and just have fun with it. And mm-hmm. I'm learning how to do that slowly. But um, for me, it's processing a lot of stuff, you know, um, processing a lot of... Uh, 
past experience, I guess. I was going to use the word trauma, but that's kind of a loaded term. But like that's that is one part of it. You know, I'm I'm exercising a lot of things when I'm playing and I'll go into a place like if I've had a rough week or I'm having something going on in my personal life um, or I'm just reliving some things. um, It's working things out. And, And music for me was always uh, a cathartic experience. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, it, and it still very much is, but I'm trying to, as I get older, I know that you can't sustain that in your life. Like, okay. you know, like God forbid, if I, I couldn't play music anymore, I don't know what I would do for like, I don't know, to just like feel good about being, you know, on this world. So like for me, I have to figure out things that make me happy in other ways. Like I'd love to explore photography or, you know, insert activity. But um, in the meantime, yeah, music is, whether fortunately or not, it's, it's my biggest uh, form of cathartic release at this point. But when I think it's like, um, it really just creates community, too. You yeah. know, it, whether you're playing in a dive bar or if you're at the Libero Theater yeah. or if you're at Lollapalooza, yeah. Lost Court or... Um, What's that place? The Wicked Shamrock. The Wicked Lampa? Shamrock, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, wherever you are, people are there to hear music and have this cathartic experience. And yeah. I also think it really represents freedom, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because, like, the artists, uh, you as the artist, I don't know if you agree with this, but you're able to express yourself however you want to um, without any rules, basically, as long yeah. as you're following the rules of music um, through that language. And I think that's an important element of community in general that we need to maintain that's a great word to use community yeah. yeah i think that's something i'm 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 learning too but yeah you through your own whatever it is that you're working out there's already there's always going to be somebody hope well no there's always somebody in your audience who's working out something too it might not be something that even you relate to but they are working out something and if you're your authentic self at least you're giving them something i think yeah and they also you know everybody sees something different in art and music and totally uh, anyway, I'm gonna. We're running out of time, so I'm gonna wrap yeah. up the show. Thank you so much, Jacob, for this coming on. Been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for performing live. And um, if you didn't catch this in the beginning, you can hear Jacob Cole this Sunday at the Hitching Post Two in Buellton, California, from two to four p.m. I'm Arwen Lewis, and you're listening to the Arwen Lewis Radio Show. And if you would like to find Jacob, you can find him on Instagram and TikTok under the Jacob Cole, Spotify, Jacob Cole, and at jacobcolemusic.com. And we're going to take you out and premiere on the Arwen Lewis Show, his song Easy Street. So thanks for listening, and thank you, Jacob, so much. Thanks for having me.
have some weight to it, man, but I don't really know when to care. Say that this bothers you when I make my tensions clear. You said you tried so hard, I was in your mind made up until you started seeing someone new. I didn't even know his name. My friends let me know regardless that you were happy and maintained. Is this that something special you've been searching for? I think it's just security. This is comedian Maz Chobrani, and you are listening to The Jeremiah Show. This is it, man. Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. My name's Danny Trejo. Jeremiah, your loved homes. I love you.